When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, my name is Chris Lambert. On this channel, we talk Kanye West, and we are talking the Jason Lee and Ye interview that finally came out. It was recorded a couple weeks back and then got multiple release dates that kept getting pushed back and then finally came out on Monday. And 45-minute interview, so a little lengthy. It's not Drink Champs long, it's not Joe Rogan long, but it's a good sit-down interview, especially because Jason Lee does a good job in terms of being an interviewer that listens. Like we know if you've ever watched a Kanye interview, you know, Ye likes to talk. He goes on tangents. He branches out like he starts talking on one topic, jumps to another, jumps to another, jumps to another, and then has this great capacity to kind of circle all the way back around to his initial topic. So Jason does a good job of just kind of listening to yay and letting him talk on some subjects while also asking questions here and there like still leading the conversation so it was a good interview i don't think it goes up there in like the drink champs territory the zane Lowe territory even the 2013 you're not having those big explosive moments right with like houseway houseway uh actually it's the opposite in this interview as yay is kind of in this state of like relaxed chill mode that we haven't seen in an interview for a minute especially in contrast with the drink champs interview where there's so much alcohol involved there's so many people kind of like hyping everything up and you can see yay's like energy kind of playing to the room and here it's just him and jason lee top floor yay's like chill the whole time he's kind of like geeking out about things at times uh, there's a there's a lot of vulnerability in this interview like if it feels like if you're just getting to hang with yay for an hour in a day that this is what it would be like like he's just stopping by you're having lunch and talking shooting the breeze and then he's off onto his next adventure uh, you can kind of see archer down there <laughs> um so definitely worth watching, though. Uh, in the 45 minutes, they cover a lot of ground, some of the clips of which like came out in the interim between the recording in this. So there have already been some articles going over some of the topics, uh, like Ye talking about security getting between him and his kids and how much he didn't like that, or talking about how it wasn't a fan that was seeking autographs that he ended up uh, punching, but a paparazzi person or uh, an autograph hunter that collects all these autographs, then sells them for money. And that this was the person that was bothering him at three in the morning that he asked to get away. But uh, definitely worth watching, especially Ye talks about it. And the thing that jumps out to me most about this interview, because it's been about 24 hours since I watched it and just what's like stuck with me this whole time has been Ye talking about how much it it helps him to be seen and to be heard and how good this is for him. And I think that makes a lot of sense because it's like you watch something like this and you hear from Kanye himself, you hear him joke, like you can see the jokes that he's making. He makes like a few clever remarks at times and you can see kind of the, the cinematic way that he's thinking about things when he makes some of these jokes. Like he talks about saying something and then going to the elevator and being like, oops, like, did it mean to say that or should it have said that? <laughs> and just thinking about it in terms of like a curb your enthusiasm scene, something like that playing out. But uh, how 
humanized he is in this because there is a dichotomy that forms. I talked about this in a recent video between how people think of yay in terms of the headlines, right? And this person that they're seeing in the headlines, seeing the articles about that's shaped by the media and how different that often can be from the person himself. And that that's usually the journey of anybody that becomes a Kanye fan is that you usually hear a song that you like, you start getting into the music and you become a fan of the music, but you're not sure if you're a fan of Kanye himself until you start watching interviews and still until you start seeing like a bit more about him and hearing a bit more about who he is as a person. And then usually that's when somebody goes like, oh, <laughs> like the person I had built up in my head isn't at all the same person that we actually see talking and speaking and saying these things like yay i think typically is a very like kind person and like a decent person overall that's trying to do good things that wants to do good things uh, but like anybody can like be angry at times or have some conflicting views or even have opinions that you don't like and this isn't me saying that like once you're a fan of Kanye, you think he can do no wrong. Like, clearly not. You're not going to agree with everything. There are going to be things that you heavily disagree on. There are going to be things that, like, cross a line for you that cause breaks, like, where you might be like, okay, I'm no longer a fan. And that's fine. You don't, it's not like all or nothing all the time. But I think the more that you start to have an understanding of the person aside from the headline, the easier it is to understand where some of the divide begins to uh, occur between the headline and the person himself. Anyway, this is just one of those interviews that's very humanizing and very interesting just in terms of eras, because I think Kanye fans also tend to think of uh, the eras that Ye has, which I think whether he's like actively attempting to create, it's just around each album, there's usually such a vibe. Like you think about how he was dressing and presenting himself during the graduation era, right? Like the stunner shades and then the haircut he had during the 808s era and the suits that he was wearing versus My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy versus Yeezus, like Life of Pablo. His fashion always changes like around these different albums. There's usually a different, like, uh, what? Crusade isn't the right word, but a different topic that he's very interested in and exploring in the the public eye or a different overall story about what Ye's about at that time. And right now we're kind of in this post-Donda, pre-Donda 2 continuation of what was going on in 2021, but also a change of direction because a lot of 2021, even though he was divorced from Kim, there was still like, will they, won't they? And now it seems to have reached a point where it's like, okay, they won't. Like, they're not going to get back together. So now this is the first interview in the Julia Fox era, right? Like, Kanye really stepping off into buying new houses, going about new projects. It feels like he's picking up speed as he's getting into this new life, having <laughs> uh, gotten to make Donda and clear out some of the thoughts that he was having. So... Getting this interview kind of in the midst of this 2022 yay, this Donda 2 era yay, I think is really good to have and just to see some of his self-awareness and it's it's good. And again, Jason does a good job of letting yay talk and just letting him like speak on some of these things that he's really passionate about at the moment. So absolutely worth watching. 
we have an article here. I'm not going to read like line by line through this article, but just kind of showing some of the uh, key topics that came up over the course of the interview in case you just want to hear me talk about it <laughs> rather than go and listen to it all yourself. So uh, hot new hip hop, Robert Blair as the writer. And you can see here that one of the big topics was Kim and his kids. And that was one of the initial things that came out where he was talking about dropping North off, North wanting to show him something and security not letting him into the house. Uh, he talked a lot too about uh, his cousins who we saw like him arguing with in the video that leaked online where people were kind of recording from a distance and you see Ye yelling at his cousins late at night. Uh, and he said that they were supposed to go have a talk with Kim specifically about like this right here about like the security getting between him and his kids, the boundaries that were in place uh, and that they hadn't gone and had that conversation or did it do it in a way that like Ye was happy with and he was upset. And Jason Lee was talking about it too. Like I watched that video. I just see like, someone having an argument with their cousins. Like I have cousins that I argue with. It wasn't as big of a deal as it seemed like some people, like you could it just be human. And Ye's like, yeah, exactly. Like I don't get, like they constantly attempt to dehumanize me. Uh, but that was one of the big things that just kept coming up. And the other thing is that despite the headlines recently, right? Like Ye talking about Kim in the easy song, like these TMZ articles that feel like purposely placed by the Kardashian like family or PR people to kind of uh, take control of the narrative in terms of how Ye, uh, Kim's being presented versus how Ye's being presented, raising Kim up a bit, bringing Kanye down a bit. Um, in the midst of all of this, that seems like pretty ugly in the headlines where you're like, oh, is there growing animosity between these two? Ye is very glowing in his response to Kim and how he talks about Kim throughout this interview. Like you can tell there's still a lot of respect. There's still a lot of like love, not in necessarily the romantic sense, but just in the sense that like, this is somebody that you spent years of your life with, you know, it didn't work out, but you know, that doesn't mean that you don't care about him. And the self-awareness too, you see it here. He goes, there's a lot of people around Kim that can influence her. You know, she's making a certain decision. Uh, she's making certain decisions. She's just looking for safety and a safe place to be because I do these ideas where like, man, if I'm the only person that's not with Hillary, then she's getting like attacked so much telling me I can't wear the hats. So essentially, like Kim's wanting to feel safe and that things are good and you can just like build and have your family. But the things that Ye's doing that he feels he needs to do, like, oh, what if I'm the only person not with Hillary result in Kim not feeling safe, like feeling attacked, having to be back on the defenses. And he says, and you know, she just as a woman, women just want security and comfort. But you know, what she'd ultimately like is a husband to play the role of what's happening in Hollywood already. But that's not the case. You got yay, and I'm here to improve upon the situation. And it's just this understanding that she wants someone that she can just, you know, follow the flow of things with. And that's not a bad thing, right? And the same with Ye, he wants to push buttons. He wants to improve the situation. He wants to challenge. And that's also not a bad thing. It's just one of those things where when you're in a relationship and two people want different things, it can cause friction. But Ye's not blaming Kim. He's not blaming himself. He just seems to have a very healthy understanding and, uh, and, and 
empathetic understanding of like where Kim's coming from and what he can't provide that she wants, which is really, I don't know, I think good to hear, <laughs> especially with people that have been saying like, oh, he just needs to let her go. Yeah. I mean, it seems like he's understanding what's going on in terms of why things might not go back to how he hoped they would go back at one point. So like seeing what some of the deal breakers are. Um, but, 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 and then talking about this Ray J tape, that was another thing that we made, uh, that we kind of talked about and touched upon in a video the other day. Apparently there was rumors that Ray J had a second tape with Kim or an additional footage or something. So Ye actually flew out, met Ray J, got the laptop, brought it all the way back to New York before Kim was going to go onto SNL and gave her the laptop and saying like she cried and was so happy. And after he said this, after this information kind of made its way into the media, a TMZ article quickly appeared uh, from sources close to the Kardashians saying that they looked at the computer and there was no additional footage or tape. So while they appreciated the gesture, like it's all good, uh, which some people were saying like, you know, what do you want him to say? Yeah, we found like two dozen hours of footage. Oh my goodness. Like we deleted all of that. Uh, that's not going to do anyone any good. So if there was anything on the, on the laptop, why say it? And if there wasn't anything on the laptop, you just say that. So it's like kind of the best thing for them to say publicly is there was nothing on the laptop. And even if that's true, it's just like a a peace of mind thing, right? Like, Ye went, got this laptop, and gave it, and there's that peace of mind that, like, okay, this is it. There's nothing else on it. Sure, somebody might have made a copy of something. Files could be saved. But I think it's the gesture of the thing and the psychology of the thing. Like, I had the laptop that it was stored on, and now, like, hopefully this is it. A really nice thing, um, I think, you know. Maybe some other people disagree. Like, how could he? How dare he? But... Uh, he talked about something too, like it's all about taking the father out the home. He said in the interviews, concluding moments, uh, and about buying the house. I'm gonna be so close. I'll be walking distance. And this was something that we've talked about on a few previous videos. Uh, Ye had mentioned before that his mom moved from Atlanta to Chicago and that his dad had this choice of, I'm either going to move to Chicago to be near my kid and go to the city with the highest murder rate, the awful winters, or I'm going to stay in Atlanta where I have a career, it's warm, like I'd like living here, and he chose Atlanta. And Ye wasn't blaming his mom, he wasn't blaming his dad, he still got to go spend summers with his dad, I think his dad moved to D.C. Uh, when Ye was like eight or nine. Um, but it's something where he doesn't want to have that same situation going on, where he's like living full-time in Miami or Paris or somewhere else, and not necessarily getting to spend as much time with his kids. So for him, having the situation he had growing up, he bought this house across the street from his kids, not to be creepy towards Kim, but to show them like, hey, I'm here, I have this place here. Like, yes, he's still gonna travel, right? Yay, still yay, he's in Paris, or was in Paris for Fashion Week. Like, we're still gonna see him gallivanting. But it's, I do think it's one of those important gestures to show like, hey, I have a place that's here. I'm making an effort to be here for you. So that was nice as well, you know? Um, ba -ba -bum. Let's see, on music. And then he talked a, a little bit. It's not actually 
like him talking about music like he wasn't talking about like making songs on donda or donda 2 specifically they're just using this to talk about uh yay mentioning some people in music so uh he was talking about politics and presidential run and ended up coming back to big sean and john legend and saying this is my biggest issue with big sean and john legend connie said as part of a larger point around people striving to minimize his impact they just went too easy I changed both of these people's lives and they about that. Oh, don't pay attention. He's a rapper. He's this. And it's like, yeah, I'm a rapper. And obviously I'm a genius too. And yeah, this is America. So again, it's kind of talking about like some of his opinions that he has kind of like a, a shut up and dribble situation where somebody, I forget the, the dumb woman's name <laughs> that was telling LeBron when LeBron had some views on things, just shut up and dribble. And then even Pete Davidson said something similar to Ye, where he's just like, you know, go make music. Like, we don't want to hear your opinions on politics. This kind of demeaning, I'm going to put you in a box and you're not qualified to speak on anything else just because you're good at this one thing, which like is the same thing that's been happening to Ye since the beginning when he's like, hey, I want to be a rapper. And they're like, you're a producer shut up like you don't get to rap and he's like but i can rap can i do both things and they're like no get out of here but he could and he did <laughs> uh but it seemed like that there was something that big sean and john legend did where Ye felt like they were diminishing his view and his opinion and his voice and he took that very personally like oh you know kanye's a great like musician or a great rapper but you know what's he know about these other things and he took that pretty personally but it seems like he's made up with big sean as like you know we heard that he was with sean just like last week and that they talked it out and even though neither of them apologized for what they did or said they were moving on and were like cool with respecting each other's opinion it doesn't seem like Ye's had that conversation with john legend yet uh, but i could imagine that the day comes where they do have that conversation i know the last I heard John Legend say on the situation was something like, you know, he and Ye, he still respected Ye as like a professional, but they weren't that close as like people anymore. He was kind of just distancing himself from that friendship that was going on. But even on the last season of The Voice, yes, I'm an avid watcher of The Voice. Uh, he mentioned Kanye like once or twice and like purely like fine tones right like familiar tones of like oh kanye blah 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 um maybe just once but it's it was nice to see you know uh i still like john legend and i like uh i like both of them being friends given their you know history those two were so close from 2004 to like 2007 2008 and then we had that brief period where we were seeing like yay and kim and john and oh god chrissy teigen <laughs> uh hanging out all the time and it was when like there were just good vibes between everybody and it was like what a great like group of four people and then things went downhill uh for yay in terms of like the public uh <laughs> appreciation for yay in 2018 and then everything with chrissy teigen recently which i do wonder in the aftermath of how like the internet's was so viciously after Chrissy Teigen for some of the things she had said or tweeted in the past, uh, how John feels about like Ye and Ye's treatment and what he said about Ye. Like, 
it's just would be an interesting conversation to have with him. I don't think it's one that you could have with him. I don't think a journalist could sit there and be like, tell me about like, and him be like, oh, this isn't an insulting or like too delicate of a question for you to ask me. But like for a friend to ask him and have a conversation with, I don't know. It's just a, my journalist brain kind of going through things like, could I ask him that? No, <laughs> but I'd like to. I'd like to hear what he have to say anyway. So Ye like took umbrage with that, but he still said, I love John Legend. I love Big Sean. I love these people, but people got to know you can't be like down on someone that changed your life in public, especially not in the middle of when I'm running for office. And I will say that like John Legend, like initially in 2018, just texted Ye, right? He did a tweet out. I disagree with Kanye. Like he tweeted at Ye like, hey. Or he texted Ye like, hey, I'm thinking this, 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 and this, and maybe it would be better if you didn't do this. And it was Ye that took to Twitter and posted the text message conversation to which John Legend was just like, okay, <laughs> I guess this is the thing that's happening now. Um, but I still didn't hear him like say that much. And Big Sean, I know people have still pointed out like, where exactly was Big Sean like diminishing Ye in the public eye? I guess we just don't know what went on behind the scenes. Um, or maybe it was nothing. I mean, Big Sean on Drink Champs also was just like, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> like, he was saying, I was the first one to tweet, like, Kanye 2020 or, like, Kanye for president. So, um, let's see. What else? Oh, he did talk about uh, finishing a verse for Cardi B. So it seems like he's going to have a feature on a Cardi B song. I know people were talking a couple weeks back about an upcoming Cardi B Kanye track. So I don't know if it's like a Cardi B song that's featuring Ye. I, I guess it's going to be like the same way Easy was. And it might be something for a new Cardi album or what the deal is. But that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, and then what else do we got? Yeah, Kanye talked a couple times about not being canceled, can't be canceled. And he talked about the hats in 2018 and saying, I wore that hat for the freedom of opinion. My mom was born into a drinking fountain. In terms of like how segregation was, you had drinking fountains for like whites and non-whites, right? And that's something that Ye talked about on New Slaves. Um, and it's just this idea, yeah, you were born categorized by like what drinking fountain you could drink from. Uh, and he said uh, she was told what fountain she could drink in and her, my grandfather, my father, they fought for the right to vote. New slaves never let me down. He talks about that. I will say I take responsibility for the fact that it hurt people's feelings. I also say I believe now that people, not just black people, but people across the board, they're realizing that you have to let yay be yay. I take accountability for when I've been ramped up and not had the right mood and attitude, but it wasn't. But it was necessary for me to not take the programming and not take the bullying and manipulation, which is something that he has said in the past, where he talked about how he initially put on the red hat because he was feeling so not himself anymore, especially after the hospitalization at the end of 2016, which is something else that he touched on. He said one of the reasons that he like got put in the hospital was he had all these people behind the scenes telling him that he had to vote for Hillary like you couldn't not vote for Hillary and you know he had mentioned Trump for the first time uh leading up to his mental episode he had had what was it two different speeches uh where he had praised Trump and like not been all about Hillary 
maybe it was just the one speech, but he had definitely mentioned Trump in a speech and people were like, what? Oh my God. Even people at his concert booed. <laughs> and he's just like, what? Um, so he was getting all this pressure behind the scenes about like who he could, could it vote for, what the proper things were to do. And we knew that in 2017, he was out of the public eye. Like we weren't seeing him really tweet. He wasn't doing interviews. He wasn't releasing music. Like Ye was essentially back in 2009, 2010, post Taylor Swift interruption exile mode as he kind of gathered himself uh, in the aftermath of the hospitalization. And then his big return to social media happened, I think it was in April. And like a week later, he put the hat on. And he said that it was just him trying to recover his identity as someone that broke all the rules, got all the smoke, stepped outside from what you were allowed to do. And he wanted to like feel like himself again and feel like somebody that could challenge the status quo and drive conversation. And that's what he kind of talked about again in this interview is just i wanted to make it so you could vote for like more people that you didn't just have to vote one party that we could at least have this conversation and he mentioned mark burrell i think one of the like tv producers like a famous tv producer talking about how he does it didn't know or doesn't know what political party a lot of his friends are that it wasn't like that big of a deal for them and he's just talking about how like other people have the choice for who they can vote for and i'm not saying like you should vote for this person just like we should have a choice about who we can vote for um which is a completely different conversation than just like the trump stuff in 2018 like a lot more nuanced uh a lot more viable <laughs> for a lot of people to have that conversation um and then he still talks about like wanting to be president. Um, and I'm an industrialist. I opened the first sportswear factory in America since World War II, which I'm wondering if there were sportswear factories in America prior to World War II. Like, what were they manufacturing? Uh, after espousing a theory that claimed, uh, yeah, it was blah, 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 the fathers have been strategically taken out of the homes. Uh, you know, YouTube, al YouTube algorithm. <laughs> um, and then he had this line about Jay said something really amazing to me. He said, it's like crabs in a barrel, but crabs shouldn't be in a barrel. And just talking about like people in America and black people in America and this idea that like, yeah, you, like, crabs shouldn't be all lumped together in one barrel. Mm -mm. Uh, it was one of the more unexpected revelations from the interview. Ye revealed that he was eager to meet with Bernie Sanders. I don't think that that's an unexpected revelation. We heard in 2018 when he did the... Uh, Charlemagne interview he talked about uh, like agreeing with identifying with Bernie Sanders uh, whatchamacallit platform more so than Trump's right that he was more in Bernie Sanders camp and I'm pretty sure we heard this before he had said before they try to meet with Sanders and Sanders was like no <laughs> uh, I always wanted to meet with Bernie and he refused to meet with me but I always thought that there were things that he agreed with that the earlier administration agreed with this is just around the time when i was wearing the red hat bernie met with cardi but would it meet with me i just felt like if i'm this polarizing of a character why not meet with us yeah and the fact that like Ye said that cardi's kind of his hero because cardi does all this stuff that Ye kind of does and she's praised for it 
and then Ye's vilified and labeled a monster for some of these things, which wasn't the case prior to the Taylor Swift interruption. Like I still remember back in like the 2005 to 2009 period where Ye was a little bit of a media darling. They were lifting up his renegade way of approaching things like he was a breath of fresh air. But as soon as the Taylor Swift interruption happened, no, no longer the case. Um, bum, 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 bum. And then like the altercation and then the conclusions. Considering that he has ambitions of obtaining public office, the tone of Ye sit down with Jason Lee both made perfect sense and yet strayed from the intended path on several occasions. For the most part, Ye tackled the speculation surrounding his personal life in a more reserved and statesmanlike manner than we've grown accustomed to. With that said, there were more moments in which his comments toward the Kardashian family will likely be seen as combative in ways that may undermine his cause to control the narrative. That seems dramatic to me. I mean, he was essentially saying, like, don't poke the bear, like, don't throw stones at me and pretend that, like, you didn't do anything, which is essentially what we've been seeing with, like, the TMZ and Page Six headlines. As we know, the Kardashians have, like, tremendous ties to media coverage and, like, can put stories out there like, hey, we want you to say this. Hey, this is our stance on this. And Ye has seen that over the course of being married to Kim for as long as he has and knows when these stories are out there like, okay, you're doing this to like hurt me. You're doing this to like lift yourself up and trying to make me look bad. So then when I do react, you can have the high ground and him calling that out. I don't think is necessarily that dramatic of a thing, especially when you watch the interview and how he's talking and how he's saying things. It doesn't come off as like combative in the way that if you just read the quote you could put in this like ah like tone to it right uh, although it may have been a throwaway comment his suggesting that he and jason meet up at reg regularly scheduled intervals to discuss what happened last night and provide context to what's being reported could suggest that this isn't a one-off and in reality this interview could mark the beginning of a new era for yay in which visibility and transparent communication with the public is more of a priority than ever which is something that i think he was aware of like he talked about having like a Solange or family that like went to bat for him. He talked about needing more time in the public eye, like having more people responding, like hearing directly from him, like people combating narratives about him. So I don't know. We might be getting that. Who knows? Maybe he'll uh, jump on a podcast for an interview. Say maybe this one, Watching the Throne, a lyrical analysis of Kanye West. If any of you from Ye's team are watching 29 minutes and 39 seconds into this video, you know, make it happen. <laughs> but that's it for this video. Uh, you know, until next time, stay wavy and keep it loopy. Cheers. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance.
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.